Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air. This is the main event, Mark's podcast, now on the Unhinged Sports Network. I am lifelong wrestling fan, cat dad, and former radio guy, Troy, and with me is your co-host, the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia, and the main event collector, he is the Tracy Smothers to my Tommy Rich, he is Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up? (laughs) I'm the big Don, Tommy Rich. Coming from the little Don, I kind of like that. I like how the big Don is like a neon white Southern guy with platinum blonde hair. Don't judge. Yeah. Now, before we get started here, I want to let everybody know that Main Event Marks is sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. If you're a real sports fan, you're going to want to click on the links down in the show description and let them know that the Main Event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to the land of extreme. We are going to florida for this one actually it is ecw's guilty as charged 1999 there's actually a lot of news and notes involving this one and the show itself man uh without spoiling kind of your final ratings what do you think we'll get to it <laughs> okay uh not to spoil anything for me but i will say out of all the ecw shows we've reviewed so far and i know this is a shallow pool but this has been my favorite like by a by a long a long shot i i didn't i haven't really liked any of the ecw shows we reviewed so far but this one well the company was complete like. crap so what does that tell you oh man yeah that uh that's actually why for all of you thank you uh if you have listened to the bonus show for last week on royal rumble 1988 i had jacob grandi on the show if you haven't listened go check it out and Jacob is actually going to tag in and save Greg in March. We have an ECW show scheduled for then. And I know how much Greg loves his ECW. But, you know, we're going to give him a reprieve anyway. And Jacob will help me review that one. 
could help me years ago when I actually watched that show. <laughs> hey, that one was on you. You watched it for recreation then. Now you're watching it for the podcast. Isn't that what they yeah. say for weed? Because it's kind of ironic that you probably need to be stoned to watch this crap. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, they, they say a lot of stoners watch ECW, and that was very no. evident. So. EC oh, era, that was a surprise of the century. <laughs> Eric Bischoff maintains, because of their time slot at night, that uh, stoners would fall asleep in front of the TV with a channel on, and that's how they saw ECW. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Either way, um, ready to get into all the news and notes from this time period? I think so. Okay, there's some not-so-good stuff and some interesting stuff to talk about. So, we'll get into... I can, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> Well, we will get into all of that in January of 1999, right after this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle? Is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast? The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Now, before we get started here, I want to let everybody know that Main Event Marks is sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. If you're a real sports fan, you're going to want to click on the links down in the show description and let them know that the Main Event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network sent you. I always try to start off with these so that we can get them out of the way early. There was a major death in January of 1999. It was Sam Muchnick passed away at the age of 93 this week. For many years, he was the most powerful man in the wrestling business. He was the main force behind the creation of the NWA and was the NWA president during the glory years of the organization. That's not confusing with Phil. No, no. Phil Muschnick is a piece of crap and, you know, can suck a butt. But no, Sam Muschnick. For so long, I thought it was the same guy. Yeah. I was like, I did he just turn on wrestling or what? I didn't think it was the same I'm guy, like, but I thought like, they were related. I'm like, no disrespect, but who? Ha who what two people have that name? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, they have to be related, right? Especially, like, one was in wrestling, one hates wrestling. I mean, it's not like, um, you know, like if another Callaway popped up in wrestling, it's like, uh, you don't necessarily have to be related. Well, that's to the, the guy who made the golf balls. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, Sam Muchnick, he was actually on, we reviewed, I can't remember which ECW show was on, or, I'm sorry, not ECW, WCW I was like, show. dude, we've not done this many. There's no way. No, no, I can't oh, remember yes. which. I can't remember which WCW show it was on, or he was on. You you remember he like they were in Kansas City and he opened the show. Kansas City. The only one I can think of from Kansas City up top of my head was the one where Mike Awesome got thrown off the cage, or through sorry through Canyon off the cage. That uh, was when Marino Owen passed away, and that's the only thing I can think of in Kansas. Yeah, no, this was back. At, I think they might have still been JCP, or they might have just switched over. I don't know, but it's in the archive. Okay, now, now. I'm completely mind screwed because. I thought JCP only stayed in the East. They traveled. Uh, they they started traveling there. That a lot of people say that was their led to their demise. Was they tried to expand out of their quote unquote territory 
like Vince did, and nobody cared. But uh, yeah, I don't know if this they they did a well, show. Vince had a plan. Vince had vision. Right. Well, old jokes. jokes. Okay. Good grief. Uh, Well, the thing was, I mean, to get off on a tangent here, but one of one of the things that killed him was like, oh, we're going to hold a big show in Chicago. Cool. A lot of people are going to pay to see that. And then we get to Chicago and the Chicago boys are going to get screwed out of the titles. Okay. well, yeah, we're not going to any more of your shows. So and that was at a time where people really cared about the hometown hero. I really think the pandemic brings that back. Yeah, they might. But, uh, yeah, the, the thing with Sam Muchnick, uh, he was on, uh, WWE show as well, where they honored the legends of, uh, uh, Kansas City. And it was, oddly enough, it was during the Attitude Era, because it was like him, uh, Luthez, and, uh, maybe one of the Blackjack. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. Uh, Harley Race and Cowboy Bob, really? Uh, I don't think they brought them out for this one. Because when I think Kansas City, it was the first two I'd go to. That's why I say that. I'm not even trying to be funny. Right, well, yeah, especially Harley. Yeah. I think Harley. And now Baron Corbin. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, just because Shut he the has the, I love Baron just, Corbin. He's fine, but just because you put the name King as your nickname and you're from Kansas City doesn't mean you're Harley Race, okay? Although I just put that together, by the way, King from Kansas City. But anyway. I uh, would take some heat for this, but I'm just going to say it. I would rather watch a Corbin match than Harley Race. I never found him to be entertaining, but that's just me. Well, it's completely different eras too. So I mean, like back back when he was doing what he did, people loved it. Like I can't watch a Dory Funk versus Jack Briscoe match. I mean, it puts me I, to sleep. Uh, I never got why that's considered a classic. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, it, it puts us to sleep. But back in the day, it sold out large venues. So you know, whatever. Like, Things like our, our thing, I think, would be like a a Benoit Angle classic. That's what they would call our funk race or whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're Okay with saying that. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. though, I mean, yeah. Well, speaking of all this stuff, uh, Lou Fez was actually in a car accident while driving to Sam Mushnick's funeral. He totaled his car, but luckily was okay. However, he did have to miss the funeral. That sucks, man. You're on your way to the funeral for somebody you really care about. You total your freaking car, and then you can't even get to the funeral. That's just a bad day. Yeah, man, it is. Moving on to something else here, Starcade did a 1.15 buy rate, while WWF's December pay-per-view Rock Bottom did an 0.8 buy rate. It's the first time in about six months that a WCW pay-per-view finally beat a WWF pay-per-view. Well, I mean, if you're going to do it, you know, you might as well do it with your biggest pay-per-view of the year up against a throwaway show. 98, right? That was Goldberg and Nash. Yeah. And Rock Bottom had a horrible finish the title match and the Buried Alive, so... Yeah, I'd probably watch Starcade more with that too. Oh, they had another buried alive at Rock Bottom. Yeah, it was for it was Austin Undertaker and if Austin when ah. he got to the Royal Rumble. Okay, I knew about that match. I I never remembered where it took place. So, yeah, well, Rock and Mankind did not close the show. Which, you know, okay. Well, of course they wouldn't. Why would they, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good lord, this would lead into their. Um, Member, very memorable match for multiple reasons at uh, the Royal Rumble the next month. So, yeah. Sting is going to be working a few house shows, but won't be on TV for at least several more weeks. He's been out of action a while during uh, dealing with personal life issues. That usually means drugs, but that's not this case. Sting has since talked about this, saying that he was trying to save his marriage at this time, and he was he had became a born-again Christian. 
So I assume he did say it was marriage. I think so. Pretty sure he did. Uh, people who don't know, Sting's brother is actually the preacher of a, a pretty large church, I think, in Texas. So I think he, uh, that's, I, I believe that's a church that Sting attends, actually, is his brother's church in Texas, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, somebody else who later became a born-again Christian, but uh, is not at this time, Eddie Guerrero was in a major car accident on New Year's Eve, suffering several serious injuries, including a lacerated liver, a fractured pelvis, and supposedly a large portion of his calf was ripped off. Uh, Guerrero reportedly fell asleep at the wheel and ended up being ejected from the car. The car was totally destroyed, and in this case, the fact that he was not wearing his seatbelt probably saved his life. That sounds so, so horrible. Yeah, I know. Hey, and, guy, we're wearing your seatbelt. Yeah, I know, right? Said <laughs> no one ever. ever. Yeah, when have you ever heard that? It's like, man, if if only he wasn't wearing his seatbelt, maybe he could be still alive. But yeah, this was, they talked about it in the, oddly enough, the Chris Benoit episode of, or one of the Chris Benoit episodes of the Dark Side of the Ring, where, yeah, Eddie was, I think, drinking or pilled up or a combo. I don't know. But he fell asleep behind the wheel and totaled his car and ended up in a tree. And they were shocked that he was not only could, uh, you know, he did he go on to have a great wrestling career after this, but he was still alive and able to, you know, function as a normal human being for quite a few more years. Like, I'm not trying to be funny, but is Malenko the only one of the radicals that was never messed up? I think so. I mean, Chris supposedly did a uh, uh, buttload of steroids. Eddie was on pills and alcohol. Uh, Saturn, I think, did just copious amounts of stuff. How, by the way, is Saturn still alive and the other two are past? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to say, oh, man, Saturn should be dead. I don't wish that upon anybody. But, like, he's had a rough life, dude. Yeah, no. I just, uh, I don't think he, um, I don't think he ever got over their deaths either. I'm not yeah. trying to make excuses for him, but I feel like that's what everyone said about Benoit when he did what he did. He said Eddie's death just basically killed him inside. Yeah. Probably a horrible choice of words. <laughs> well, yeah. They, well, they said Benoit and Eddie had a relationship that it was like, it was almost like Chris lost his, his life partner, not just, you know, his best friend. Yeah. But they basically lived like a married couple. They were together more than they were with their actual spouses. They shared hotel rooms together. You know, they did. I think they, they what, worked out together. I think that's what Kofi and CM Punk said about each other. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Because CM Punk said uh, Kofi was basically traveled on his bus. Yeah, he so. was uh, he was his uh, his wrestling husband or something like that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of. A lot of people do that kind of stuff, so I'm sure the New Day, you know, had to uh, figure, I mean, they kind of all film in the same area now, so it's not a big deal, but when they start going back on the road, I'm sure it's going to be weird. It's like, wait a minute, why why aren't we together anymore? Hey, uh, uh, Big Yank and Blaine, trust me. Oh, he's I'm doing sure he's... the best stuff of his whole career, so it's fine. What do you, what do you mean? This is better than the I Need Five? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Come on, man. I know you haven't been watching. He's one of the hottest things on SmackDown, so I think he's fine. Uh, on Nitro, WCW decided to put the title back on Hulk Hogan after an angle where Kevin Nash challenged him <laughs> to a match and then laid down for Hogan after a finger poke to the chest. I knew this was coming. Woo. And to pair it up with that, Mankind won the WWF title on Raw is War in a show that was taped the week before. 
Oh. Man. Yeah. I mean, I think we've done this to death, but just a footnote. LOL. <laughs> yeah, just what the hell. I, the thing was, like, Bischoff is like, has like duality on this situation, because on one hand, he's like, well, if I could go back, you know, I wouldn't drop the thing about Foley, and, you know, I'd be more careful about that. But then he turns around and says, well, you know, if I could go back, I'd do the finger poke of doom all over again. You know, that, that, I, that's what it's what it's remember, supposed to be. I remember that episode, and I think Conrad almost had an aneurysm and wanted to rip his head off. Uh, I would have. He's like, like don't, what the hell, man? Like, verba- ver- just word for word, don't tell me you do that shit again. And he goes, yeah. I would. Conrad <laughs> went off on him. <laughs> he's like, I, it's like, I'd do it again if I could. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? He literally know. just admitted he would kill the company again. Yeah, basically. But an angle on Raw is War where they showed Shawn Michaels beat down and covered in blood after he was thrown through a car windshield was done to write him off TV since he's been, uh, since he is going to get back surgery in a couple of weeks. And he actually did, he got uh, some discs fused together or whatever. So it, uh, I mean, it Maybe saved it. For two years and come back and be better than he ever was. Yep. Yeah, we would. We uh we haven't seen him wrestle since what was it March or April of ninety eight? Oh. Okay, March of ninety eight was his last match, and we didn't see him wrestle again until August of two thousand two. That's uh, a four year layoff, man. Like four and a half years, I should say. Like dang. Keeping on with WWF here, Steve Austin is filming a Nash Bridges episode. Val Venus is filming an episode of La Femme Nikita. Anybody remembers that? And The Rock, Ernie Ladd, and The Hardy Boys are all expected to film an episode of That 70s Show. I remember that episode. Ken Shamrock was also in it. Oh, was he? Oh, okay. Because I don't remember that part. Because he was in the story, but then the guy retracted. He was like, I don't remember seeing Shamrock in there, so maybe he didn't make it. Yeah, he was in there. Okay. Well, either way. And there was somebody else that I I guess they said was going to be in the episode, but wasn't. But yeah, this was around the time where WWF stars were popping up on everything. It's funny to me that Val Venus was <laughs> was pegged to be in La Femme Nikita. That the that one. What's the stood closest out thing to porn? Got it. Okay. <laughs> right. I've never the seen the thing... show. I don't know if it was. I don't know. No, I, I think it was something like uh, what that show Alias was with the. Uh, okay, but it uh, couldn't have been. It could have been that good because Alias was amazing. Yeah, I don't. I am watch either one but i know what it was about uh the only thing i know about la femme nikita is they like they would always advertise it on raw and they'd have like the ticker it's like la femme nikita starting in x amount of minutes and it's like okay whatever uh in new japan pro wrestling we don't usually cover them keiji muto also known as the great buddha won the iwgp title from scott norton in the main event of the january 4th tokyo dome show the show had a huge last minute walk-up audience and ended up being a legit sellout with an estimated $5.3 million at the gate, which was a pleasant surprise given how the ticket, or the, how slow the ticket sales started off. Yeah, I guess people said this was a shock because they were like, whoa, I thought Norton was going to hold on to that title for a while. Yeah, but he's, I guess like he only, a, he's like a god in that company. I know. Now he's used as like a nostalgia act that still gets a pretty decent pop. You know, he's, he's thrown into like the opening match with people like, uh, uh, Yuji Nagata and people like that, but oh, another nostalgic pop, <laughs> right? Another one we don't. Does usually he ever face Tenru too? Probably does. 
another one we don't usually talk about, but uh, it seemed interesting. Figured I'd bring it up. UFC 18 took place, and the show was completely built around the UFC debut of Boss Rutten. The, <laughs> the significance of the judges uh, on this show... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just, like, that's... People forget, that's one of the greatest fighters in history. I think he had, like, right. 100 wins and one loss. <laughs> I may be overdoing that, but it's close. <laughs> Wasn't his nickname El Guapo? Yes. Still is. Okay. No, okay, yeah. Well, supposedly... It's a handsome I, Dutchman right there. I think it was his wife that gave him that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> he just went with it because his wife is Hispanic. Ah, I thought that was funny. But uh, the guess who was a judge on this show, Greg? Hmm. You will never freaking guess. So I'll just I'll just go ahead and tell you. It wasn't Jim Un- Brown, was it? Uncle Dave Meltzer. Wow. Yes, he was a legit judge for this pay per view. Oh, well, uh, Jim Mar- Brown called the first one, so I guess they'll just bring in anybody. <laughs> right. Well, the Mark Coleman-Pedro-Rizzo fight ended up being a controversial finish because Rizzo beat Coleman via split decision, and Dave ended up being the judge who cast the deciding vote. He later admitted, after re-watching the show at home, that Coleman should have won. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm so glad he has 20-20 hindsight. Yeah. I will, I will admit, hey, good for him for admitting that he effed up and the other guy should have won. But that doesn't really help Mark Coleman. Uh, this one, man. I don't know if I should have put this at the beginning or not. Is it a drug Jack- story? Yes. Sort of. See, hold on. It's either, no, it's either drugs, death, or rape. That's a uh, lot of stuff going on like that in this era, if you noticed. Actually, it's about theft. Ooh, <laughs> secret option number four. Right. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes was arrested in St. Helens, Oregon, on multiple charges of theft related to a wrestling event that he promoted there recently. He got a lot of sponsorship money for the show up front and then skipped town without doing the show. So Bobby Heenan was right. He really is Billy Jerk Haynes. Yep. Uh, Haynes admitted to having a gambling problem and said that he needed the money to pay back gambling debts that he had apparently owed to some bad people. Go figure. Um, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So many of these stories about Billy Jack Haynes. Apparently, he hates Stone Cold because, I guess, I think his first wife was Blossom, or Lady Blossom, who became Stone Cold's wife. And I think he hates Stone Cold for uh, allegedly abusing her. So, I don't know. So I don't know. He abused her and Billy Jack Haynes abused the word wrestler. I think they're even. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, Billy Jack, uh, it's just... His biggest claim a, to fame will always be he was uh, on the WrestleMania 3 card. Yeah. Didn't he... Wasn't he the one that... Uh, there was a misunderstanding and he ended up beating up Sting and giving him a swirly? I never heard that. Yeah, there was one where, like, I think it was... I don't know if it was Lady Blossom again or something, but, like... I'm seeing Sting, pattern. Yeah, well, like, Sting gave her a ride trying to be nice, and Billy Jack thought he was fooling around with her, and Sting was not going to get into a fight with him in the locker room. So Billy Jack literally gave him a swirly in the toilet. Uh, oh, sounds like a put-together human being. Yeah. Well, you know, Billy Jack also allegedly witnessed a murder. <laughs> so That he uh, committed? No, apparently it was like a mafioso like hit job, and uh, he allegedly saw it, and I guess nobody believes him. Well, I don't because... believe it either, because there's no such thing as the mafia. 
Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, you didn't see nothing. All right. Yeah. Swear on my mother's grave. She ain't even dead yet. <laughs> God rest her soul. You know, when she dies. <laughs> right. Here we go, man. In Winnipeg, a group of teachers have yeah, been fighting. <laughs> a group of teachers have been fighting to get TSN to move wrestling to a later time slot. The teachers say that the schools are overrun with kids doing crotch chops and telling people to suck it. And kids oh, getting that takes me back to junior high because it's true. <laughs> right. It's not wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> and with kids getting hurt by having wrestling matches on the playgrounds and uh-huh. whatnot. Yep. Uh, I'm TSN. not hearing anything I disagree with. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't agree with moving it because of that. Just to parents tell you, don't let your kids watch it. But she's not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. About the suck, it, I mean. the suck it thing was fading out by the time I was in middle school and junior high, whatever. But the wrestling matches, that never happened until you got home and all your buddies came over. Uh, but anyway, TSN carries both the WWF and WCW shows. And the teachers want it to air later so that kids won't watch. Don Callis, who was the jackal in the WWF at this time, wrote about it in his Winnipeg newspaper column, joking that kids should be punished by having to, <laughs> by being forced to watch the Hogan Warrior match from Halloween Havoc. Wow. Uh, and he basically said that. I, I, need... I just gotta say, I love Callis. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> and Not he just basically... because of that. Just, yeah. I love him, period. He's great. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very underrated, I think. Uh, but he basically said the parents need to monitor what their kids watch and attend and uh, admitted that WWF was not suitable for kids. Oh, go figure. I mean, yeah. it's not. But at the same time, your parent, your responsibility. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, my dad let me watch WWF TV back in the day. And if I got in trouble at school for doing some crap like this. That would have put an end of me watching wrestling. So, I, I, uh, when I was in fifth grade, I did get in trouble because of wrestling. I just didn't tell anybody it was from wrestling. <laughs> Do you remember wow. when Booker T and, and, um, C. Ray used to come out and talk to the camera? Yeah. I'm not going to say specifically what they said, but like I said that before a football game. I'm like 11 <laughs> years old. Wow. I go to the principal's office and you remember some of the stuff they said. Like if you were to say that, it could be deemed racist in a way. Like, they didn't mean it like that, but it could be heard yeah. as racist. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that was a huge thing. And <laughs> so, you, I mean, well, you, you should have dropped that was the, that was the non WWE show, by the way, not even attitude. So, right. <laughs> think about that. You, hey, you should have dropped the Trump card, man, and been like, oh, 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 oh I'm half Mexican. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know, I love yeah. Mexicans. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Last story here is ECW related. Man, yeah, the, they're coming to, they're coming to save the company, man. Public Enemy will be returning to ECW at the upcoming house party show at the ECW arena to face the Dudleys. Hold on. It's let me not, just think. This is, uh, January 99? Yeah. So this is post WCW, pre WWE. Yep. Oh, okay. Just trying to get EC- the time. ECW is always the pit stop between companies, regardless of what which one you were leaving and which one you were going to. I want to the pit stop. You just stopped there, collect a check, but did you collect that check? I think the big stars did. Everybody else was like, ah, you'll get paid next week. Maybe. Uh, I mean, well, we're going to talk about one guy at the show in particular that it's like, can you imagine if Paul Heyman held him up? (laughs) He'd be be getting his scissors. Or a softball bat. Jeez, man, don't no, that too. Uh, it's expected, or excuse me, it's not expected to be a long-term deal with them, though. And it was not. 
I don't remember when they popped up in WWE. I never, that was, I think I've told you, I was like, uh, I, I, like when I was a kid, I loved all the baby faces. That was one I never liked. I, I never like, saw the appeal of Public Enemy ever. As a kid, I liked them in WCW just because I was, I was like, oh, they have a fun entrance and they put people through tables. Yeah, and they had a fun that, entrance, but then, say it. <laughs> then that damn bell had to ring. Well, hey, somebody got put through a table here and there. I mean, come on. I could be very wrong on this, but at least not from my eyes, but that was the first one I've ever, first people I've ever seen use tables. Like, uh, yeah. As far as I, like me watching goes. And they would I'm not counting anything stuff through on the, the table. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and like, they would literally carry the table to the ring. They would spray paint stuff on it. I mean, it was like a whole gimmick for them. Uh, from, I don't want to speak ill of Deb, but yeah, that was to mask their inability to wrestle. From everything I saw pre-Public Enemy, Rocco Rock could actually somewhat wrestle. Uh, Johnny Grunge, not so much. Apparently could, Balls Mahoney could too, because he was a legit wrestler. But that doesn't usually translate, so. Oh, they pounded, like, you know how Mike Tanay would always say, uh, well, Relic, which of course is killer spelled backwards, oh, every God, single thanks. time he was in the ring. Yes. That was, for Joey Styles, that was when Balls Mahoney was out there. Well, he actually got kicked out of wrestling for punching a referee. Cool. <laughs> I, like, every effing time he has a match. That sounds like um, a reason to sign him. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're driving into ECW's Guilty as Charged 1999. Like it or not. Head first, going to get a concussion. Holy crap. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Now that we're back, before we dive into uh, ECW, make sure that you visit unhingedsn.com if you're not already there to hear us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, right when AEW Dynamite and NXT kick off. Okay, here we are. ECW's Guiltiest Charge 1999. The date was January 10th. 1999 at the Millennium Theater in Kissimmee, Florida. The attendance was 2,600, and the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.24. Ouch. Hold now, hold on. I think that 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 attendance, though, to be fair, I think it was because of the building. Yeah, oh, I'm not saying ouch because of the attendance. Oh I no, I know. Sell out. I just think that, like, you know, they did sell out, but right, you know, 2,600. Figure out my words here. It's like. They they picked the building. That yeah. just tells me they couldn't get a bigger one. Well, but for what it's worth, the building they got, they sold out. So I'll give them that. The only CW had a legit gripe when they would say, like, WWF muscled them out of venues that they could have used that were bigger than the ones they had to use. Uh, you know, so they had a legit gripe with that. 
ECW did not. <laughs> they went to like National Guard armories and crap like that. So bingo halls, you know, high school gyms, crap like that. You know, the thing is, though, that was actually, if you think about it, God, not to defend them, but that was part of their whole gimmick. Like you said, yeah. So, yeah, again, not to defend them, but it was small and, um, yeah, like more personal. Every seat was first row. <laughs> right. Well, we start the show off with Paul Heyman in a trashy looking closet of a locker room telling us that Masato Tanaka cannot make it in from Japan, so he won't be on the show. And Jerry Lynn's fractured pelvis hasn't been fully healed, so the card will change. <coughs> Checks didn't clear. <coughs> Excuse me. Right. Uh, Jerry Lynn legitimately is injured. I don't know how he cracked his pelvis, but, you know, could be anything with this company. Masato Tanaka, I guess, didn't make it in because the working relationship with FMW fell apart at this time. I don't know if you noticed this, but first shot, you always get some, you know, Joey Styles standing in the center of the ring, introducing us to the show and whatever. On hard cam, like directly in the center, there is a beautiful leather-clad woman in hard cam just, you know, going nuts for the show and everything. I don't see her again throughout the rest of the show, so I'm guarantee-ing, especially with the way she was dressed and how gorgeous she was, that was a plant. Had to more than the wrestlers. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, I could maybe suspend disbelief that, I don't know, maybe her boyfriend dragged her to the show or something like that, but she was getting into it. So I'm like, what woman that looks like that is that into ECW? Number one. Number two, why is she dressed like she's going to the club? Going to an ECW show. So none of it makes sense to me. Uh, Speaking of something else that didn't make sense. Right. Well, something else that didn't make sense to me. This first match here, it was scheduled to be the FBI, Little Guido and Tracy Smothers. In their corner, they had Tommy Rich, Big Sal, and I put, and some other big guy. I It wasn't Big Guido? Is that Big Guido? Okay, I I thought thought that was his name, but I... Mm. I couldn't figure it out because they never like I kept waiting for Joey Styles to like say his name on commentary and he didn't. So but they were taking on Roadkill and Danny Doring. This match Masterly Danny Doring. Oh, my bad. Triple D. This went for ten minutes forty three seconds. I'll get to the change in the match here in a minute. But Doring is from Pepper Pike, Ohio, which I didn't even know existed. <laughs> so I'm the Ohio guy, but don't ask me where it is. About two minutes into the match, the the chair-swinging freaks of Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten come out and apparently make this a three-way dance tag team match because wrestlers can apparently make their own damn matches in ECW. When when Doring had Guido pinned behind the referee's back, Tommy Rich slams the Italian flag onto Doring's back. Smothers and Guido then hit a double fisherman suplex for a pinfall elimination. In the end, Rotten hits the skull trauma on Guido, and Balls hits the nutcracker sweet on Smothers for a double pin. Uncle Dave gave this half a star. I give it one and a half, I guess. It was a fine brawl. What say you? I gave it one. I, I was <laughs> like, yeah, why am I watching this match? Yeah, this was not a good... Like, why would you open up the show this way? You're supposed to open up the show with, like, Man, this is what's to come? Man, I, I better stick around. This was like, <laughs> I'm going to go take a crap. Get the hell out! Run <laughs> for your lives. Right. Save yeah. Yourself. So people who paid for the pay- We already paid for it. <laughs> but anyway, 
After the match, Big Sal and Big Guido charge at Axel and balls get chairs to the head. Uh, you know, because we had to have that. And Joey Styles kept going on about, oh, they dented the chairs. I don't know why you say that sarcastically. Yeah, we had to have that. <laughs> right. Uh, backstage in a black and white promo. Freaking love this, man. And, and not because it was great, but just because. <laughs> I'll get into it. Terry Funk tells a story about how when he was a kid. <laughs> just like the way he set it up, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Terry, Funk, Terry Funk tells a story about when he was a kid. His dad had a jackass. And he loved that jackass until one day he wasn't paying attention and the jackass kicked him right in the balls. So his dad told Terry to go get a knife and he slit the jackass's throat. And his dad told Terry, payback is hell, son. Like, was what? The, the jackass ended up being Dory. <laughs> Dory Jr.? <laughs> what the hell? Oh my gosh. This, uh, like, what? Who does that? And what is it with that family with getting back kicked by mules and and horses and crap? We literally saw Terry Funk get back kicked by a horse on pay per view. Do you uh, you ever heard that term, punchable face? Yeah, maybe he's got a kickable face. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but Funk compares Tommy Dreamer to that jackass, saying that Dreamer kicked him in the nuts by choosing Jake Roberts as his tag partner over Terry Funk. And Terry goes on this rant about how he hates Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts, your mother's a whore. <laughs> oh, man. Know. That's all I can think of. <sighs> but this next match, man, is uh, probably what they should have opened the effing show with. It was Super Crazy versus Yoshihiro Tajiri. It went for 11 and a half. Tajiri was clean shaven and wore trunks and kick pads at this time. So this was not the Tajiri that we all know and love. Uh, all I said was this was an amazing match. Tajiri pulls out a win with a bridging German or bridging dragon suplex. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it four stars. What say you? I gave it three as well. That was really good. Yeah, this was. Is it too soon to say best match of the night? It's it's up there for me. I'll say that. It's I if it's not best match of the night, I'll say it's at least tied. It's now there's good. one coming that's better. A yeah. little better. Yeah. This one was really damn good. This was Chidi Tajiri and Chidi Super Crazy. So they would face each other like a million and a half more times in ECW. So hashtag. Yeah, man in WWE as well. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, when you have a good thing in front of you, man, just pound it home and kill it. Uh, but all right. Well, John Cronus comes to the ring next. And then Judge Jeff Jones comes to the ring wearing a uh, judge's robe and carrying a was he carrying a gavel? I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Here's a fun fact. For some random ass reason, he opened the Major Brothers podcast uh, last week. Wow. Did he I tell know. them that they were guilty as charged? <laughs> I know Brian Myers is a huge ECW mark, but it's like, wow. why? Real? I don't know. Because like, he lived in New York. He was the only one I got to see it. Um, but man, he really dug for that one. Yeah. You know, we got to get to open this show. Jeff Jones. Because apparently, the there's no, Jones? apparently there's nobody else from the ECW still alive that you can get. I'm sure, hey, New Jack is doing cameos. I'm sure he would have done it. <laughs> and talked about, uh. Well, they know, try music. to keep, they try to keep it PG on that show, so. Yeah. Yeah, for all of you, if you want a cameo where New Jack talks about, um, uh, doing inappropriate things to your significant other with weapons, then, uh, you know, by and all who, means. Who's not signing up for that? Right. 
and he does it while his young child is in the room. So, there you go. Well, you gotta teach him early. Right. Hey, hey, little man. Yo, if, if, if somebody looks at you cross-eyed and calls you the N-word, stab him. <laughs> Even if he doesn't call you the N-word, stab him and then claim he called you the N-word. Holy crap. I'm not even joking. We talked about this before. Go back to his Dark Side of the Ring episode. Everybody called him the N-word and deserved to be stabbed. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not he even still, joking about it. He still gets, like, requests to, like, no, obviously cameo, but, like, to wrestle, to, and I use that term loosely, wrestle on shows. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, show up. We'll play a, you know, a rap song while you beat somebody with a weapon. There you go. Uh, but anyway, Jeff Jones comes out and he brings up Bill Clinton's impeachment and O.J. Simpson's trials, uh, saying that he has personally decided that they're both guilty as charged because wow. what what's more 1999 than a reference to Bill Clinton's impeachment? <laughs> <sighs> wow, Jeff, just the coincidence you picked this show. It's going on today. Yeah, this does not age well, <laughs> right? Uh, Jones says that Cronus is charged for hitting him with a 450 slash on TV, and Jones has found him guilty. He then says that his executioner will dole out his brand of justice, and he's a little bit psycho. It turns out to be Sid in jeans. I like how how uh, Joey Styles points that out. He's like, he's not even wearing wrestling tra- wrestling gear. I'm like, nope, he's wearing jeans and boots. Couldn't even be bothered to dress up for this show. I felt like this is going to be a wrestling match anyways. I know. I just, I don't know why. I've always loved that when he kind of, like, you can see in Sid, like, as much as, you know, it's come out that he, like, wasn't a huge fan of wrestling. And he basically, you know, he did it as almost like a hobby that paid him. Like, you could see his energy coming out because he would, like, get into it when the crowd would go nuts. And he'd go, who's the man? I'm the man. And it's just, I don't know why. I always loved that. I just, I find it funny that he had everything and he just said no. I know, right? Like, people would kill for that. And, dude, did you hear the ovation from that crowd? Oh, hell yeah, dude. That was another thing about him. No matter where he went, he was the man. Yeah, he he literally was the man. I like how Rhino basically ripped that off years later. (laughs) Rhino's thing was that he just always popped up the fist. Who's the man? I I like Rhino, but sorry, you're not Sid. He's probably no. a better wrestler than Sid. I'll give him that. But he's not probably. Sid. <laughs> yeah, this was Cronus versus Sid in a one and a half minute. We'll call it a match. Uh, Sid no sells for Cronus and then choke slams him on or off of a, or excuse me, choke slams him over the top rope through a table before beating him up with a chair. The fans chant for the power bomb and Sid gives it to him, pinning Cronus quickly. Uncle Dave gave this one fourth of a star. I just gave it an even star. What say you? Uh, I gave it four stars. Thought it was the best match of the night. For God's sake. I I, I didn't want to give it eight stars. I don't think it was a match, but I'll say one. Yeah. It it was fun for what it was. Uh, I mean, it's hard to call this a match when clearly it was just a segment with a pinfall. Yeah, it was. And Cronus, I was like, man, I, I can't remember how he died. But, I mean, given his appearance, you can make assumptions. It just... It sucks because he was a good wrestler too, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed when he was part of the Eliminators. I thought that was a good team. Uh, but now we get footage of Sabu turning on Taz in a three way dance, hitting both Taz and Shane First Douglas, with, with the, hitting both Taz and Shane Douglas with an Arabian face buster to pin Shane. 
Taz later turned er, turned down Shane's offer to join the triple threat. After that, Taz beat Sabu up all over the place on various shows and broke his neck with a dragon Tazplex to a table. Taz dragged Sabu's lifeless body on top of him so that Sabu would win the FTW title and then win an ECW title shot. And since Te- Sabu can't wrestle now, you know, because of the broken neck, the title shot went back to Taz. Opportunity. So, I don't get this, man. Like, I, granted, I didn't watch the TVs, but I didn't follow this at all. Why was Taz like, screw you, Shane. I'm giving the title shot to Sabu, who I also hate. I don't remember either. It just doesn't make any sense. And then all of a sudden, Taz and my first like, thought, my first thought when I saw him, like, wait, was he on his way out? No, that was next year. So I don't know. Yeah, this I, bleh, whatever. He does end up beating Shane for that title and chokes him out in less than five minutes. So that was the whole thing. It was that bitch I can beat you in five minutes. Uh, when was that? Probably months or two after. I think something like that. Ah, okay. Well, either way, uh, uh I figure out when. I just yeah, I I don't know. I well, we'll have to any ECW fans out there. This is way before, obviously, because I think Taz won the title, so it was before, I think. Well, if there are any ECW fans out there that can help us out with making sense of this damn storyline, please do. <laughs> but we now go back to the arena where Joel Gertner has a microphone in the ring, which, you know, always means that epicness is coming. As, well, you know uh, he's able because you put your mom through a table, so. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, but Sign Guy Dudley comes out leading Bubba Ray, Devon, and Big Dick Dudley to the ring. Real, Real name, names. by the way. <laughs> Gertner referred to his crotch as the happiest place on earth on top of a lot of other disgusting stuff that ruined my childhood. Uh, this was all because they were in Florida, you know, and they were not far from, you know, Disney parks and whatnot. So let's just say he made a bunch of sexual jokes regarding the uh, female characters in Disney films. But anyway, uh, sign guy holds up a sign that says inbred and proud. Uh, was that Spike Dudley's thing? I don't know. I, I was like, he used what to say the before, F? He used to say on the mic, my daddy is my brother's uncle. What the F? That's what he used to say on the mic. I'm not joking. They even put that in the video game. I don't freaking get that. Like, the Dudley Boys gimmick. I don't. Because, like, the way Conrad explained it to Tony Schiavone, because Tony was like, so are they, like, like kayfabe? Or, like, it, like, is it known that they're kayfabe related, or is the gimmick that they are related? And there's like something to it because I don't get it. And Conrad said, well, see, the gimmick is, uh, Daddy Dudley was slinging that Peter meat all over Dudleyville. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> that was, that was the greatest explanation I Peter ever meat. heard. The hell's Peter meat? <laughs> you know what it is. Uh, I've never heard referred to that before. Referred to as that. Um, <laughs> to put it, to, just sum it up, what it sounds like is, you know, one of them's black, one's white. So obviously one parent's black, one's white. And then they're, bro- they're both, and they're brother and sister? Is that it? So what Spike said? I like, Daddy's get... my brother's uncle. Doesn't that mean it's like brother and I don't sister get... or parents? I... I don't get the inbred thing. <laughs> the only thing I know, like, if not for, if not for Devon, this would make a little bit more sense. <laughs> but supposedly they're, they're like, black every... guy in there. that'll make them really like, wonder what they were going on here. Right. Supposedly, everybody in the group were supposed to be half brothers. Like they all shared the, they all shared a dad, and they're well, and they all had different moms. Brother, though. My God! But the the Dudleys don't have a scheduled match here, so they're coming out 
to issue an open challenge because, like I said, wrestlers can make whatever damn matches they want. By the way, I said for some reason Bubba Ray is talking like a redneck here. I don't remember that. Was he talking like a redneck? Yeah, he's like... In my defense, I might have tuned this whole promo out, but... He's got that heavy New York accent, obviously. But he's trying to talk like this. And I'm like, what are you doing? He was imitating Cletus Dudley. Yeah, I was like, okay, you, like... I I know about the stutter, but I didn't know about the time where he tried to sound like a redneck. He even said something after the match, like he cut a promo later on in the night or talked to the camera or whatever, and he was still talking like that. So I'm like, okay, it wasn't just a, an irony. <laughs> like he wasn't making fun of people. He was yeah, literally right. like that was his thing. I don't get and and you would think with the name Bubba Ray he should be a redneck, but it's like you might be a redneck. We reviewed uh, Heatwave 1999, now in the archives, and he was heavily New Yorked up in that one. No stutter, no accent, except for the New York one. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> this challenge was answered by Effin New Jack <sighs> and Spike Dudley. You knew the horribleness was coming. <laughs> yep. So anytime anybody issues an open challenge in ECW, it's always answered by this moron. It's the Dudley boys of Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley taking on New Jack and Spike Dudley. It went for 10 minutes. 10 minutes too long. Way too long. Yeah. Uh, Spike Dudley is dressed like a white boy at a Run DMC concert. Wow. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what the hell he was wearing here. A white boy at a Run DMC concert. I mean, don't get me wrong, I can see it, but I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> I tried to come up with something very 90s for rap. I don't know. I guess I could have said Puff Daddy, but I don't know. Uh, uh, you probably picked a better act. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big Dick Dudley. Actually, no, there's no probably about it. Sorry. Well, I see how you feel about Puff Daddy, but anyway. Uh, Big Dick Dudley gets involved in this, I put match in parentheses because it was not a match. Uh, Spike hits the acid drop on Devon. Bubba tried to break it up, but Spike moved, so Bubba landed on Devon. Spike uh, kicked Bubba Ray in the crotch and hit the acid drop on him. They repeated this process with Big Dick Dudley, Big Dick Dudley landing on Bubba. Uh, and, hit and the then, acid drop. Yeah. Uh, Real Spike, make the move, folks. Oh man, it's not Spike the Dudley dog. Nope. Uh, Spike kicks uh, Big Dick Dudley and his Big Dick Dudley, and now he goes for the acid drop on him, but Big Dick shoves him off and blocks it. Oh so, my god. So, many so the Dudleys here. <laughs> yep. So the Dudleys nail the 3D on Spike for the pin. A variation of this match has been seen about five thousand times. Uncle Dave gave this negative one star. I'm gonna give it just one star. What say you? I don't want to give zeros. You know that. So one star. Yeah, this sucked so much ass. And it's funny looking at this now because of what Bubba Bully Ray. How do you call him? Is done. It's like, man, you want yeah. to talk about meager beginnings. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, ECW tried to make Spike matter, but I never, like, if I watched ECW back in the day, I never would have cared about Spike. It's like, he's the little engine that could, and he's always fighting his brothers. Who gives a crap? He's always w getting the hell beat out of him, too. Let's not forget that. Yeah. WWF, or WWE, whatever, for all that people can say about them, made Spike pretty much matter. Do you remember when he was, like, the boss, Spike Dudley? I do, yeah. 
I thought that was pretty damn cool. And I thought it was a resurrection of a, of a career that, I mean, I didn't really give a crap about Spike in WWE either. But when he started doing that gimmick, I was like, oh, okay, cool. He had his brothers doing his bidding for him. And I uh, did think it was a cool moment for for his debut. Like when he showed up and I don't know, like he helped the Dudleys because Edge and Christian had Rhino and Hardy's had Lita. Like, okay, it was, it was a cool moment. Well, then they had to repeat the ECW stuff of, you know, he's with Bubba Ray and Devon. Now he's not with Bubba Ray and Devon. You know, and now they're feuding, you know, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after the match, all three of the Dudley boys handcuff Spike Dudley to the middle rope and beat up New Jack while Devon trash talks him. Even while they're beating New Jack down, he's spitting on Bubba Ray. Bubba might want to get himself checked after that. Yeah, <laughs> time's passed. He's fine. Yeah. By the end of this, New Jack was pouring blood, and Big Dick Dudley was also bleeding. Uh, Bubba Ray grabs a mic to run down a list of people and teams that they've beaten up, injured, and retired before Bubba Ray lays out a challenge for the public enemy. Here's where I heard the... That's a match we all wanted. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Tables versus tables, man. But this... uh this is where I heard the redneck accent again. We want you, public enemy. <laughs> Imagine a New Yorker trying to sound Southern. It was, yeah. Oh, but anyway. Some others could do it. They basically tried to, uh, they basically told us what was going to happen in the next match here with this music video. Because they show us a music video that's just three minutes of RVD kicking ass. Literally. But, yeah. Before the match, Lance Storm comes out with Don Marie to cut a promo about how he's better than everyone because he's Canadian. And, and he's from Calgary. Traumatic pause. Alberta, Alberta Canada. <laughs> uh, but by the way, how roll tide was Don Marie looking here? Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and he says he's not the whole effing show, but he's the best part of it. Spoiler! Uh, but here we go. It's Rob. I love that, by the way. I thought it was clever. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I don't know. I only saw until later years because I never watched WCW in its dying years and I never, ever watched ECW. So the only point of reference I had on Lance Storm was whatever he did in WWE. And I could not have given a crap less. Man, because in WCW, it was shoved to the moon, man. I know. He won all three, he won three titles in the, in the summer. Yeah, three, all three minor, like, all three titles under the world title he had. In his he possession. came within an eyelash of winning that world title in Nitro, and I thought he was going to win it. Yeah. I know. And I mean, he started the invasion, technically, in WWE, but whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I never cared about Lance Storm growing up, because I, you know, like I said, all I saw was what he did in WWE, which was uh, Yeah, I started caring for him when he was part of the Impact players. I love that team. That was great. His his stuff in ECW was really good. His stuff in WCW was, I thought, the best part of the dying years of WCW. That's when I started looking at Russo. So you do have a sense of what's good. You just don't enact it. The worst thing I think he did, besides the whole Saskatchewan hardcore international title, that was effing stupid. And it's like, hee hee he's making poop references. Cool. Uh, the worst thing I think that he did during his time in WCW was that Canadian Rules match with Jacques Rougeau. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was funny as hell. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but it was just like, ugh. 
But this match was Rob Van Dam with Bill Alfonso defending the ECW television title against Lance Storm with Don Marie. This match went just shy of 19 minutes. I will say Rob Van Dam was another one of my favorite parts of ECW. His reign as ECW TV champ was just phenomenal. Uh, towards the end, Bonzi slides a chair to RVD, who accidentally takes out the ref. Lance Storm takes out RVD, but the ref is down, so Alfonso distracts Storm long enough for RVD to hit a sabat kick off the top rope into the chair that Storm is holding, but he only gets a near fall when the ref comes to. The final series is a bunch of reversals, leading to RVD hitting a beautiful bridging German suplex for the pin, which I didn't see coming, so that makes me like it even more. In my opinion, though, I did say this match might have been a little better if they if uh, they eliminated a bit more of the weapons usage and stayed more in the ring, because I'd say at least half of this match took place like in the crowd and at ringside. But I did give it four stars. Uncle Dave gave it three. What say you? I gave it three as well. This actually was the best match of the night. It was. Second, oh, this this was best match of the night. I would say second best was uh, uh the uh, Tajiri and Super Crazy match. I can't believe I gave two matches on this card four stars, man. That just, that's nuts to me in and of itself. Uh, it was an accident. <laughs> this was. Somewhere in the Freak Show great. wrestling match broke out. Or wrestling match or two. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, and then I said, from the penthouse to the outhouse, we go to video footage of <laughs> Just Incredible destroying Tommy Dreamer with a kendo stick, Terry Funk taking Just Incredible as his new protege, and then Tommy having multiple garbage matches with Credible. Look, I, I like Oh, you said garbage matches. I like Just Incredible. I kind of like Tommy Dreamer. Throughout the years, I've become less of a fan of his because, I, I don't know, he... he he just strikes me as, he, he's not bad, but he's just so effing indie. He's so like, effing average, too. Yeah, he's just, he's an indie wrestler. Because he's like, you know, there's a lot of fan interaction. There's a lot of, oh, great, give me your beer so I can smack him in the head with it. Oh, give me that stuffed doll that you have in the crowd so I can smack him with it. And get a, a cheap pop from, a you know, like five people in the crowd. It just, I don't know, I... I lost my liking for Tommy Dreamer somewhere along the way. I'll always but be this, a fan of his, but not as much as I used to be. Same. And this match was just incredible with Jason, Nicole Bass, and Jazz, who I don't think has yet been named. Real trio. <laughs> I know. They, you talk about a motley crew of what the hell is going on. <laughs> and notice, conspicuous by his absence, the one person not at ringside is the only person we care about, Harry Funk. But he's taking using on, that you're using that pretty loosely too. <laughs> but Justin's taking on Tommy Dreamer in a stairway to hell match. This went just shy of 19 minutes. Uh, this uh, the whole point of this match was that there was a kendo stick hanging from the ceiling, and you had to climb a ladder to grab the kendo stick. And you didn't win; you could just use the kendo stick at that point. So it's basically okay. sitting on a pole, but not on a pole. Yes. And, and also, my first, my only note for this was like, if they wanted kendo sticks, just go to. 2021 Raw, they're everywhere. Gosh. Yeah, well, and the thing is, I, I don't get the point of these kind of matches, because they're like fighting, they're like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you get the kendo stick. Like, why not? Let your opponent get it as he's coming down the ladder, punch him in the balls, and take it. Like, make them do the heavy lifting. I don't know. But anyway, uh, 
I noticed Justin comes out with a wet spot on his crotch, looking like he just pissed himself. It's ECW, so he probably... Never mind. Oh, my gosh. Nicole Bass is dressed like she wishes she was China, by the way. That's what they wanted her to be, if you think about it. Yeah. And I'm not going to speak ill of the dead. It's just... Woof. But uh, Jazz and Jason both get uh, physically involved. By the way, Jazz is dressed like um, like every woman in rap and R&B videos back in the 90s. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Like salt and pepper or something. But she's without now, the She's now hella bald, too, by the way. I know. <laughs> All I could think of was that line from Friday. You knew she was bald-headed! You knew she was bald-headed! You knew she had no damn head! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, they both get involved multiple times, but I don't understand why Nicole Bass has to distract the referee so that they can interfere behind his back. Can you because explain this to me? reasons. No, I can't. I can't explain anything on this damn show to you. <laughs> Uh, Tommy Dreamer. Can't explain busted. when we watch this show. Oh come on! I mean, it's got garbage on there, obviously, because it's ECW. But all in all, I don't know. But anyway, Dreamer's busted wide open. Did, did by your the time, check clear? By the time he gets a he gets a kendo stick first, he's bleeding profusely. Uh, Terry Funk runs down and blasts Dreamer with a trash can. Justin then hits that's incredible to Dreamer on a ladder and gets a pinfall win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it two and a half stars for average. What say you? I gave it two. I this is almost like a guilty pleasure to me. I kind of enjoyed it a little bit. I thought it was, was too much. Fun, there was some fun stuff, but I thought it was too much. Like I said, the whole distracting the referee so that people can interfere, even though it's a no disqualification match, this boggles my mind. Nicole Bass didn't have any reason to be at ringside here whatsoever. I just I don't know. Well, they had to get a former, uh, recently former WWE person on there. Right. How did they afford her, by the way? Did they give her a check that they knew was going to bounce? Because <laughs> Probably. Or, because, like, the whole thing with her leaving WWE, Bruce Pritchard admitted, was she said, well, I can make more money doing, like, internet porn. And he was like, okay, well, have fun with that. Bye. Who would watch that? <laughs> I, I, man, go back to my earlier comment of Wolf. All right. <laughs> Apparently, she did what is known as apartment wrestling that they explained on on Pritchard's podcast, where it's like she's a large, you know, strong woman, and she would wrestle and overpower much smaller men. Apparently, this is a fetish. I, uh, whatever. <sighs> Look, but after man, to each his own, but no. <laughs> right. But after the match, Terry Funk beats the dog crap out of Tommy Dreamer with a trash can before celebrating with Justin Credible. Sounds about right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we now go to Stephen Prazak, who I didn't know. I know Dave Prazak. I do not know Stephen. But he's in front of... Uh, you're the only one that knows either one. <laughs> Dave Prazak was like the commentator for Ring of Honor for years. So that's why I knew him. Uh, but he was also like a... I think he was one of CM Punk's managers for the longest time in the Indies, too. But either way, I don't know who Steven Prazak is. But he right now, he's the guy in front of Taz's locker room. And he goes in to interview him. Taz goes off on a typical New Yorker rant on Prazak before taking the mic, shoving Prazak aside and saying his new catch, er, and saying his catchphrase. <laughs> I said a typical New Yorker rant because I could picture somebody on a subway yelling this at somebody else. <laughs> Like, really? Is that your question? Huh? Is that your smart question, smart guy? Huh? Any chance we saw that when we were in New York? 
Maybe. I've been in New York like t- 10 times now. It's like, I just, it all runs together. We did see a guy peeing off the, uh, off the subway, so there's that. Yeah, that's probably an uh, every five minute thing, though. We also got to see a guy uh, passed out in the middle of the street, and people collectively picked him up and dragged him aside so that he didn't get run over. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, something. But anyway, uh, we switched to Shane Douglas and Francine getting ready in what looks like an actual nice hotel room, as opposed to the closets everybody else was in. Uh, Shane goes off on Sid coming into ECW, saying he's not going to take a spotlight before he yells at Taz about how the ECW title is his belt, and he's worked too long and too hard to lose it. All right, we are now about to hit the the, uh, main event, which means we're going to take our second-to-last break. When we come back... It's the world title match. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. No one really tries to be unsafe online. Enter a dress for free tater tots. But every time you give up info and privacy. So I gave your birth date for free parking. That's how I got this robe. You may give up some safety, too. Norton 360 with LifeLock has device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection, all in one. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft, but you can save 25% or more off your first year. Opt into cyber safety at norton.com slash news. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, main event time, Greg. You ready? Hell no. But <laughs> wow. Uh, it's Shane Douglas with Francine. It wasn't, defend- it wasn't that bad, sorry. No, it was not. But uh, Shane is defending the ECW title against Taz. <sighs> First of all, a lot of this match, and I didn't, I must not have been paying attention to the audio of this, but uh, in the notes that other people took for this, like in reviews of the match and whatnot, a lot of people were complaining that a lot of the drama of the match was ruined by the crowd chanting, show your tits at Francine. Yeah. Apparently that happened throughout the entire match. So I, I don't know. I didn't. Like I said, I must have had the audio low and wasn't paying attention, but I, I was watching. Uh, but this I match like to went, watch. Wow. This match went for 22 minutes, 15 seconds. I said, I hate the dub theme for Shane Douglas. Especially when you hey, compare it. Deep Purple's got deep pockets, dude. Yeah. This one and the dub theme that they do for Rob Van Dam both absolutely suck. You think I, they would just dub in RVD's theme, but <laughs> I know, like just put in one of a kind and be done with it. They dub in "Break Down the Walls" for Chris Jericho and WCW. Yeah. For God's sake, it's very weird. Yeah, I know, because I was like, wait, wait, what is he coming out to break down the walls? But the one for RVD that they chose was like so stupid and generic, and then this one was just. Blah. But uh, Shane is wrestling with a cast on his right hand due to a compound fracture 
and a severed nerve in his thumb. That's uh, bad. I'm not buying the compound fracture. There's no way he'd be wrestling with that. So <laughs> I don't know. Bob uh, Bob Wharton wrestled with a legit broken arm for I don't a know broken how arm long. is a lot different than a compound fracture, dude. Yeah, like a well, compound fracture is like it just the bone snapped in half. Like that's yikes. what happened to Sid. There's no way it was compounded. Yeah. Well, this one. What was with him and like hand injuries? Because didn't you say he had a cast on his hand at uh, sold out two thousand? Yeah, that's right. So what yeah. the hell was up with that? Uh, they brawl through the crowd on top of the entryways for the hockey players in the arena into the penalty boxes. And they're both busted the open. The sin bin. They called it the sin bin. Oh, well, then. Uh, no, he actually I, called it that. Yeah. Uh, a table gets set up in the corner, and Shane throws Taz through it face first. That one was like, what the? I've never seen someone get put through a table like that. He, like, Irish whips Taz, and Taz, like, puts his forearms up and goes face first through the damn thing. Uh, but this is for a near fall. Douglas props up another table in the corner, and Taz hits a Tazplex through it for a near fall. The lights then flicker, and Pyro goes off above the ring like somebody just won the Super Bowl. And Sabu's theme hits. Sabu comes out in a neck that's race. That's what we need more of on this show. Sabu comes out in a neck race through an insane amount of sparking Pyro. So much Pyro, by the way, that it clearly caught his headdress on fire, and he rips it off real quick. Did you notice that? I didn't. Oh. Yeah, he's well. He's doing his pose as the pyro's going off, and then he quickly like, and then he like grabs the the headdress, and, like throws it off real quick. I'm like, he must have been catching on fire. Had to have been. Uh, I heard something about him catching his headdress catching on fire before, so that must just have been a thing. The the ramp. It's not a ramp. It's a like what AEW uses now. It goes like from the stage straight to the edge of the ring. So he runs down that. Springboard clotheslines, both Taz and Douglas. He just goes off on both guys, beating the tar out of them, jumping all over him while his music plays, because that's just an ECW staple. A staple. Uh, he lays a table out from the ring apron of the guardrail, lays Douglas on it, and then triple jump leg drops him through it. And then he lays Taz on a table and body splashes off the top rope through it. And then he just effing leaves. I'm like, what was the point of any of this? I thought it suddenly magically turned into a triple threat again. But no, he just came out to whoop some ass and then leave. Would that be like, suddenly magically or would it just be ECW? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Shane signals for the triple threat. Francine keeps yelling at him, telling him there is no more triple threat. And then Tammy Lynn Sitch gets in the ring before her and Francine start fighting. Chris Candido then gets in to help Shane Douglas break the women up. And then he punches Shane. He rips off his triple threat shirt, throws it down, he leaves. Then Taz locks in the Katahajime, eventually winning when Douglas passes out. Uncle Dave gave this three stars, as did I. What say you? I gave it two. I'll be honest, I enjoyed it a little more than I thought I would. I really enjoyed this match. The thing that stuck out to me was because like, this was one of the first... And I don't remember the event as a whole. The two matches that that always had stuck out to me before was the Tajiri Super Crazy match and then this. I don't know why. Yeah, I remember getting this DVD when Netflix was just DVDs. And I watched this and that match, this main event stuck out to me because I love both guys. But yeah, man, that's the main event. Uh, 
I guess we'll take our final break. When we come back, we're going to get into the final ratings and what's yet to come on this here podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, final ratings time. IMDB gave this 6.9 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.46 out of 10. I actually gave it 7.5 out of 10. What say you? I think I'm right there with you. I said a solid C. Yeah. It was, I, it was, it's a watchable show. For uh, Tajiri, it's super crazy. RV and Landstorm alone, go back and watch those. Yeah, I'll say if you're going to uh, watch this show and you want to enjoy it like as a whole, skip the opener, go straight to the... Uh, Super crazy Tajiri match. Make sure you make a pit stop at the uh, new Jack match. Good lord. No, uh, go from <laughs> go from that match. I mean, you could roll through Cronus versus Sid. It's only a minute and a half, and it's worth just hearing the pop for Sid. Uh, By the way, I, I forgot to mention this, too. Did you notice, like, almost everybody in the crowd was wearing some kind of WWE shirt? <laughs> I didn't notice the shirts, but I did notice guys wearing, like, the old school WWE ball caps. Just goes to show you what merch is hot at this time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I know it's kind of goes without saying, but, you know, just funny. <laughs> right. But, yeah, after the Cronus Sid match, I'd say skip that tag match, go right into RVD and Storm. If you really want to watch the Stairway to Hell match, whatever, and then Not the that bad. It's, uh, yeah. It's Don't go into it watchable. expecting it to be good, and you'll be fine. Right. This promotion, I mean, not everything, but, I mean, I had a friend who probably would have enjoyed ECW back in the day. Because his whole thing was, he was like, whenever we would go to a live show, he didn't watch a lot of wrestling. But he's like, man, I hope somebody gets put through a table or there's a hardcore match or something on the show. Like, that was his thing. And I'm oh. like, because we went to a Ring of Honor match one time and he was like, oh, do you know if there's like any like hardcore matches or whatever? I'm like, Ring of Honor? So probably not. <sighs> but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, of all the ECW shows we've reviewed so far, this has been my favorite. And it's a very shallow pool. I was like, it's a low bar, but yeah. Yeah, because we've done Heatwave 99, Born to be Wired 97, which was the undisputed worst, by the way. It's not even a contest. And uh, what was that? Oh, we did Mer- Massacre on 34th Street. So this is the fourth ECW show we've ever reviewed. And we're not going to do another one until March. To anybody out there who's like, well, why don't you do more ECW? Because it kind of sucks. 
We should have did Guilty as Charged looking back at it, the last show ever, because this is the 20th anniversary of it. No, yeah. Well, we can... We could always make up for it next year, do the last one, but... I don't know. That, Guilty as Charged 99, I really wanted to do it just because I remember it being a decent show, and it was. So, But yeah, this wraps up uh, January, man. We've covered the Rumble ni- uh, 1990, Sold Out 2000, Rumble 2000, Rumble uh, 88, and now Guilty as Charged 99. If you haven't listened yet, go back, catch up with us in the year 2021. Uh, we thank you all. We've been getting a lot more listeners like, uh, in, in the new year, actually. So, very appreciated. And for February, man, let's give them a little taste here. It's Super Brawl month. That means we're reviewing two different Super Brawls. We're going to hit some WWE and some TNA, actually. Uh, we've got Super Brawl 3 coming up next week. Do you remember anything from Super Brawl 3? What year was it? I don't know the Super Brawl number of years off the top of my head, so. Uh, it was 1993. No. Off top was, of my head. I'm about to go back and watch it. That means this one is someone a, might don't have to. This one maybe will. This this one is a a funny one. Like we're not watching it because it's like, oh man, that was a great card. This is one that we can go back in LOL WCW, you know, early years because this was uh, the White Castle of Fear strap match between Big Van Vader and Sting. Oh, good God. <laughs> Uh, this event also marked the return of Ric Flair to WCW after leaving WWE. Yeah, he had uh, just lost uh, Henning on TV, and I don't know why they brought him back, but good yeah. yeah, what good was he there? And, uh, and Davey Boy Smith made his debut at this event. This event also featured, for the NWA title, it was the Great Muda versus Barry Windham. So, that sounds like it's probably damn good. Yeah, they said that was kind of a clash of styles and didn't really come off as great as you would think. But, I mean, that's for us to decide, I guess. You know, we'll... You know, we'll Barry we'll, Wyndham's we'll one of those guys who are like... One of the old school guys, like, if he's in it, I'll watch it. Because it should be good. Right. And, uh, so that's the first Super Brawl we're reviewing. We're also going to hit, on February 10th, uh, WWF's St. Valentine's Day Massacre in your house. That also took place for sticking around the year 1999. This was the WWF debut of The Big Show. Paul White, The Giant, whatever the hell you want to call him. The last uh, big barcade was black, not blue, but I think it's the last one ever. Yes. And the reason for that, according to Bruce Pritchard, is because Vince finally had to wrestle in the damn thing, and he said, ah, that sucked. Like, yeah, they've been telling you that for years, Vince. Uh, But February 17th, we are hitting our second and last Super Brawl of the month. We are going to be covering Super Brawl 8. That took place in the year 1998 in uh, uh, I was the Cow there. Palace. Yes, it uh, it was headlined by Sting and Hogan for the WCW title. This was their return match after uh, Starcade. So... Another significant thing about this show was Larry Zabisco was supposed to take on Louis Spicoli, but the match was canceled because of Spicoli's death. So. I feel like they didn't, I'll get into this on it, but they didn't tell us, or maybe they did, and I just didn't hear it. Because this, yeah. this is a pretty built-up story, and it never happened. I'm like, what, what's going on? And then I saw Nitro the next night, so. This looks like a great show. I've been wa- actually wanting to review it for a while. It was while. really good. I remember it, yeah. It was, I mean, obviously, I remember it. I remember being he- heavily into it. This was probably my favorite Super Bowl I ever went to. And I well, went to the re- four in a row, I think. 
Well, the reasons, the two reasons I wanted to get into it was one, because just because it looks like a damn good show. And the other reason was because you told me you were at the show. So I wanted to review it, get some personal notes from you about it. All that good stuff. Eric Bischoff's favorite arena, by the way. The Cow Palace? Really? That's what he said, yeah. From what you said, it smells like cow crap. Only (laughs) outside. And it's kind of a crappy looking building on the inside, isn't it? It's definitely dated. You know what it looks like on the inside without anybody in there? It looks a rodeo? Like the, it looks like the um, Hammerstein Ballroom almost. Oh, wow. I, I, thought it, I thought it would look like a rodeo because that's kind of what they used it for back in the day. But uh, anyway, uh, that's on February 17th. And before we get ready to go, Main Event Marks, one more time, is sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. If you're a real sports fan, you're going to want to click on the links down in the description. And don't forget to check us out every single Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, right when AEW Dynamite and NXT kick off on the East Coast on unhingedsn.com. And of course, we drop that new episode on our podcast feeds at the same time. I hope you all stick around with us, and I'm very excited to talk about the Super Brawls coming up. And the other shows are looking damn good, too. Going back to TNA in its uh, classic years is uh, a guilty pleasure of mine. So, But all right, Greg, uh, thanks for joining me here today. Mm-hmm. I think we successfully smothered and covered ECW, and we'll see you all in February. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.